There's a drive in Kelly for like serious self-worth. Get curious about sex. I'm not only going to woo my partner, but I'm going to woo myself. And then meditate. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a monk. You're not always in control. And it was like pride, not have periods, not have emotions. I'm going to need to feel everything. I found in those shattered pieces my truth. We're just piling more shame and judgment on top of the original problem. You're sick. Your body's revolting against you. Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus. These are things that can be simmering on you that you don't know. And they're the trigger for your problem. Making the connection between your mind and your body, your emotional needs. That is how we heal. You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Today is all about the horses and I am thrilled to share my experience with you. I have the incredible Sydney Kondrashoff on the show today. She's based in NorCal and I started working with her through my somatic program and was introduced to the idea of Equus therapy and Equus coaching and what it means to work with the horses. And what I love about Sid is the way she utilizes the horses and spirituality to create a deeper understanding and connection with self as, as you'll hear in this show, the horses really mirror our internal space and experience and current state of being. So there is no denying what is happening within you when the horse is responding in a certain way. And it was two sessions and some of the most powerful work I've ever done. I'm in the middle of this ring on this ranch crying with this horse because I'm trying to control everything that she's doing and not understanding why she just can't listen to me. And Oh, the profound lessons that I got from that. And then the second time around, how different it felt and how grounded and at peace I was in the way the horse responded accordingly. And this is such a different conversation than I've had. One of my favorites, because Sid is radically honest. She's done so much work, continues to do the work. She brings so many different types of therapies and healing modalities into Equus coaching and I admire her so, so much. I can tell this is someone that I will spend a lot of time working with, getting to know and learning from. She is young and tiny and mighty and full of life and energy. And I love the work that she's putting into the world, the way she utilizes these incredible creatures to help so many different people heal, including myself and Connor. And this one will really change the way you think about doing the work. You can find Sid at honorequine.com and honorequine, that's H-O-N-O-R-E-Q-U-I-N-E on Instagram. With When I work with a horse and when I come into being with horses, I look at it just like as such a, almost like a meditation practice. Like when I walk up, I psychically read you know, what vibration that horse needs that day or what, what vibration. And I use color because color holds vibration. It's the simplest way to hold and come in with intention. But I use color to then read what is going to best serve us when we are working together. Or like, for instance, when you come out for a session like you did today, I'm reading a color that's going to support all of us getting what we need. What was the color today? Um, it was like a lavender purple and then a gold and like a sparkly white, like a Ooh. snow white. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I hold that and then I'm holding obviously the space and the grounding, but each horse has a different need, right? And like if I get in my way of like 
that color is ugly or this or that, you know, that can come up like, I don't want to hold brown, like, ew. (laughs) But for that being, brown could be really grounding and brown could be really peaceful. And, you know, it always works out. It's actually a crazy situation where like I have tried to switch colors while I'm on a horse or with a horse in the middle of it to like experiment, quote unquote, and be curious. And in those moments, the horse completely shifts. And it's, it's wild. It's like, I've been on horses that people are like, they can't be ridden. And I will show up with a cut, literally a vibration, a color, and I'll get on the horse and the horse is fine. Like breathing, relax, lowering its head, like totally responsive and connected to me. Um, so just, it just, to me speaks to the fact that we're so much more than a body and that, um, you know, we can feel into everything if we're really attuned to it. Um, you know, like more and more we hear about the interconnectedness of trees and nature and the horse and animals. And like, that's what we all are in the nature of who we are. At what point did you realize you had this ability to see those colors and to hold that in those experiences? Mm, Good question. I would say... Probably about five years ago. And for me, I've been going to school for intuitive medicine. So I've been practicing. Um, I do psychic readings and I do. Uh, you healings. do? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I I've mean, been you do there them for during eight our years. sessions. But like. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it in session for sure. You're like, uh, you know stuff in session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it comes out like mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's like you're just a channel. So. It takes a lot. I mean, for me, it was like five years ago and mostly in meditation and mostly clearing out, you know, my sense of wanting to control or my sense of wanting to create, um, doing more meditation work to clear that and cut cords and disconnect from some of the entities or, you know, other energies that can affect us in the way that we think or the way that we are. Um, And getting in tune with like, wow, actually, like I have the power to create the space Mm. and not in a controlling way because you know you can show up like with the horse like what we experience right where you're like showing up and you're like I feel so good and I feel so peaceful and then the horse is like spinning out and running around like a psycho you know and you're like what like of course what you're intending obviously may not happen but um you know that's not why we're here is to make anything happen when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. Is this the mindset that you had? No. So where where was the shift and why? what perpetuated that for you? Um, well, while I was growing up, I was a mute basically until I was probably about seven. My family thought that I was, uh, I had something wrong with me and they like were going to send me to special school and whatnot. And what I discovered was like, I was so far out of my body and I was so overwhelmed with stimuli around me, like psychically, like what I was feeling and interpreting in the surroundings was so overwhelming that I couldn't actually even form a sentence. Like I was so out of my body. It was like, I was just a empty vessel. (laughs) Um, and then I actually used sports as my avenue to ground me. And, um, yeah, I surfed a lot and then 
I started working, I mean, riding horses and discovering that like, wow, actually like when I was coming like into my body, then I could feel like, it was weird. It's like this weird space between this bridge between like the horse and I, and it was like, I could sense when I was thinking things, the horse was doing it. And it felt like, like, <laughs> it's weird, like not even like leg or rain or, you know, you like get on, you're trying to make anything happen. It would be like, oh, I just want to like bring my energy up and I want to get going and the horse would get going. Like, and I could feel that sort of play and that mirroring aspect that we, you know, experience with the horse and equus coaching. Um, and that's when I kind of like the shift started happening where I was like using the horse kind of as a crutch in a way of my getaway when I was younger. Um, but knowing that like there's so much power in what they have to offer. And uh, I don't even know if this answers the question, but it's like, to me, the horse, like horses saved my life. To me, like if I didn't have that sense of presence and belonging that I felt with the horse, I don't know if I would be here today. What was your environment like during that time? And did you feel supported in your abilities and the realizations you were having about yourself? Hmm. When I was younger or yeah. like recent, more recent when yeah, I was younger? Yeah. Um, environment was, was, you know, was hard. I was, I actually grew up in Bali. So I grew up in Indonesia. <gasps> what? So, I mean, obviously I had a spiritual yeah. culture there where, um, I was practicing in the Hindu culture. I was really into spirits and um, honoring them and celebrating them and communicating with that with them because of the culture and the family that was raising me. Um, that's what they did. So I had that aspect, but it wasn't my and like it wasn't my direct family. But to me, they were because they were around all the time. Wait, but, what do you mean? Like they were my um, caretaker per se. Like she. The woman that raised me, the way that I look at it, her name was Wyan, and she, to me, was like my mom. She was there all the time. She was taking care of me all the time. Um, we would go and, you know, bless the temples every day, three times a day, if I was around. Uh, we would do meditation. We would do celebration. We'd go to the village. We'd, you know, so I was, like, really enveloped in the culture, the Hindu culture, and I, like, loved the practice of it. Um, as a young person, but when I was realizing that and working with horses as a young age, like my mom and my, like I was very much on the outside of like my direct family. Mm. Yeah. So you were with your parents and your family, but you were raised by someone else. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Is that how it goes culturally over there? No. Okay. <laughs> I see. I know it's really confusing, but Is my mom went there. You no. Like even thinking back. Does it make sense or is it like... It makes sense, but like I've done work to obviously like work through that because yeah. it's like it was weird growing up and being a little kid and being like, well, where's like mom, <laughs> you know? Mm. <laughs> like I'm sitting here eating dinner with you, but my mom was out, you know, and she had her own business and doing her thing and single raising two girls. So we were like, right. yeah. So this woman, Wyan, um, kind of took that role for me. And like she felt so so at home to me because I felt so seen by her and we practiced together. We had this like ritual together that we would like do. Every, I mean, she like slept with me, like we like slept on bunk beds together. Aww. She was my best friend. So how did that create a foundation <laughs> for the work that you do now? Mm -hmm. 
Well, to me, that created this like seeker in me, right? Like to me when I was little and I was experiencing that and I was really honored for like the gift that we, the gifts that we all have, which is to see and to know and to be able to tap in and, you know, operate in a spirit base. Like everyone has that. It's just a matter of exercising that muscle, right? So, um, so to me that created this baseline and then more and more, I just felt like I kind of partnered with the horse because the horse operates there too. And so when I was introduced to riding horses and actually like show jumping them was what I was originally introduced to. Um, they, to me, felt like what I had kind of foundationally grown up in, which is like, oh yeah, we can just communicate. We don't even need words like I can just bring my energy and talk to you and you know what I'm talking about. Like, we're on a totally different realm. Isn't that interesting that your family thought you were, you were mute and now you are in a career where you don't actually need words? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's so wild. <laughs> That's actually interesting. I've never thought of that. Really? Well, I mean, like, yeah. Like, I mean, coaching-wise, you yeah. use some words. But, yeah, a lot of it is experiential, right? You're yeah, totally... it's like feeling. It's energy. Mm-hmm. It's connectedness. Mm-hmm. It's that mirroring, even projection. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you don't have to say a word. It's Mm -hmm. just like the way you show up in the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, like we all have this, right? Like, cause have you ever, have you ever, um, you know, like maybe there was an argument in a room and then you walk into that room and you can like sense it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Or like you're little and you like your mom's packing lunch and you can feel something's up and it's like, Hey mom, is everything okay? And like, she's like, everything's fine, but you can feel it. That's what we're talking about. I think that's where a lot of my childhood stuff comes from is I believed my whole life that I had a really good childhood Mm -hmm. and that every, you know, everything was good and some things happened, but that was it. But then as I've done work in the last couple of years, what I've actually seen is this extreme heaviness and darkness and almost this dark cloud over my childhood home. Mm -hmm. And I had so much stress and anxiety my whole life and I look back at that and I'm like, huh, it's so interesting how things that didn't require words actually had the most impact. Mm -hmm. It's the emotional feeling and reaction we have as children that then creates the foundation for our whole world and it didn't require one word. It's all about experience. Totally. Because words often create like the distance and like the protection, but like, you know, even for that I mean when I hear when I hear you say that like even an example of like you sense your mom something's wrong right and you ask her hey mom is everything okay and she goes yeah everything's fine it's in that moment that you start to disconnect from your inner knowing and you start to question what you feel and what you saw and your experience and that is what's taking us further (laughs) and further away from ourselves And then we start to put value on that person knows more or I don't even know what I'm talking about because I just felt that and I asked her and she said it was fine. Right. Mm. So like that is a traumatic experience. Any time that you're disconnecting from what you feel or what you see or what you know and then not being like. I mean, anytime you disconnect from that, that's a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. or anytime you bring that and somebody says like, no and denies you of it in a way 
traumatic. Well, it was interesting on that point when we were working earlier together and you were asking me a big thing for me is uh, a feeling of what if I'm not chosen or what if I'm left and abandoned? And you asked me, have you ever physically been abandoned? And I said, no, but I feel emotionally abandoned multiple times in my life. Mm -hmm. And something that I think you've encountered a lot and I see in our community is we we believe that everything was okay. And unless we were raped or watched someone get killed in front of us, we have not experienced trauma. Yeah. We haven't had a hard life and that's not the reality. (laughs) How do you work with people who have varying degrees of experiences and help them understand that even a small moment where your mom forgets you in a grocery store, Mm -hmm. not intentionally things happen, but that leaves such a dark scar on you for your whole life to where you feel you're going to be abandoned. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great, it's a great question. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, what we're talking about is like, so, uh, subtle. Most people are really not in touch with it. Um, because they do look at it as it has to be a pretty big experience to receive, to be in a, tra- to be in a trauma, to operate in trauma. Right. So, I mean, when people come and do an Equus session in that scenario where, maybe they haven't had such a traumatic experience or such a severe case of, um, you know, like you said, like rape or been shot or something so dramatic. I mean, I really look to the horse to kind of show what is happening. And a lot of it, most of the time is going to be with our bodies because our bodies hold the energy of every experience, especially an emotional, our body is an emotional I mean, they hold those emotional experiences in certain places. So if I have somebody come in and a lot of times this happens where they're like, I'm great. I'm amazing. You know, like I got a really good job. I'm married. I have kids. I uh, am totally happy with my life. I'll look to the body. I'll look to the posture. I'll look to the horse to kind of show me what's going on internally. Because most of the time they're not so in tune with the body. They're not so in tune with the energy that's happening inside. Most of the time it's that value of like, I'm going to be valued if I have a good job and I'm great because people see me because I'm married and I have great kids that are smart. Right. Um, so it's, it's, I really kind of take a step back of not so confront, but like looking of like the horse will show you exactly where and what is happening in the body. They will either go to it physically on that person or they will embody it themselves. Well, it was just like today, I was talking about the hard stuff and the anxiety and the heaviness that I feel when I have that like sense of being abandoned or not chosen. And immediately Ember comes over and puts her, her head yeah. on my chest. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so cool. It's there. You can't hide from the horse. Mm-mm. They will Mm-mm. perfectly mirror your mm-hmm. internal experience. Yep. Why? 100% of the time. Um, it's a great question. You know, a horse is a herd animal, obviously they need a herd to survive and humans are exactly the same. So when you take a horse into an arena or round pen and it's you and the horse, right? You're the only ones in there other than me on the sideline, (laughs) you become the herd. So they're prey animals, right? In the, in the wild, they're preyed upon. Um, they're hyper vigilant, hyper aware, and they don't have a home or a car to hide in. So they have to be aware of the surroundings 24-7. 
and what's happening energetically all the time, what could be coming in. And we're actually the same as when we come in as young kids. We're very similar, but we lose through language. We lose ourselves a little bit. But um, so, yeah, so the horse is just like this. They look for that connection in you automatically because they look to the herd. So as you come in and you're holding something energetically in your heart, right, they're going to bring either embody and match and mirror the energy of that to sync with you and become that entity together or they're maybe going to mirror it energetically like sometimes the horse will actually run and run and run and run and run and run and run because they can feel that disconnect from yourself and what you're doing to yourself in a way and in the wild that would actually draw a predator in if you're not sure of yourself and you're not taking care of your needs and you're not honoring what's actually happening and being authentic in the wild you would actually draw a predator in so they go like hi where are you hello <laughs> wow. here you are and in that position you know you become kind of in the way that matriarch mare mm -hmm. so they're looking for that connection in you mm. so that they can feel safe so i think i've worked with you twice now mm -hmm. and they've both been so magical um and the first time that I came to you and being up here for somatic sexological therapy, um, and that's how I was connected to you through Heike and Jonathan, our therapist. And um, Connor and I both had our own separate sessions with you, which was really cool. But the first time I came in, I was in such a different headspace. Mm -hmm. And I felt so um, kind of beaten up, I would say, at the time and really lost and there was so much sadness and anger yeah. that was coming up and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I remember just standing and what is it called when you're in the ring with them? Is the round pen. The round pen. Yeah. And I'm in the round pen and I'm trying to get this horse to do what I want. And that was the exact point. I was trying to get this horse to do what <laughs> I wanted in so much control because of the fear that I had and this need to tell someone what to do and they do it. And mm -hmm. if they don't do it, then I have failed. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the sense of accomplishment and getting this thing to do what I want. Mm -hmm. Whereas today I came in and my whole intention was about being open and allowing and creating the space. And even when you were saying, you know, I want you to get into that like anxiety, like control feeling so that you can emulate that and and see it mirrored in the horse. It was even hard for me to do that because yeah. I just feel like such a shift of being open and allowing and not needing to control and being playful. I would just love to hear from your perspective only because it's my experience is the difference in those two sessions and what you saw mm. and you can be as open as you want and, yeah. and saying what you witness. But I just think it's so interesting the the difference between the two. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know I was thinking about that actually when we were driving here. I was <laughs> like, wow, this has been so, and I feel like it hasn't even been that long. Like, I feel mm -mm. like you were here like last like, two, I know, like a month ago I know. and like, it was amazing. I mean, the word beaten up is like the perfect way to, um, to describe that first session because to me it almost like energetically it looked like everything was on the table and it was like extremely overwhelming and there was a sense of that you know quote-unquote false self that was trying to control and accomplish in order to receive love and belonging mm. so in that like I remember you had um Annabelle 
remember you had a session with she was your horse in that session and i remember her like not moving Mm -hmm. like you were trying to get her to go and she wasn't going (laughs) and she wasn't doing what you wanted her to do which is of course when we want something usually how it goes uh with the horse we're not embodying it but then when we did the work to shift it and you actually weren't you got in touch with the emotion that was behind the anger and actually the sadness that was there because that's what I really saw was, you know, anger never travels alone. Anger always is just used as kind of this defense. And there's usually always an emotion underneath it. Um, but when you're able to tune into that, I just remember her coming in and being with you. And I remember the image of you kind of like wrapping your arms with her and having your body on her. And it was like this really beautiful, like welcoming, like in the vulnerability um, like I get goosebumps. Yeah. It was so beautiful. I remember that like really powerful. It was really powerful for, for me to witness, for everyone to witness. Cause it was like, wow, look at how brave and courageous you are to honor the emotion and be there and showing up with the emotion and like letting it come out. And then look at how that opened the door for that other entity, the other being to come in and connect with you and show you the love that you are and that is there for you Mm -hmm. so that was amazing and then today it was like to see you today it was like yeah okay (laughs) like we're gonna do this obstacle course with the horse and you know try not to control and in a way I'm thinking like this is gonna be hard this will be hard for you like there's like seven obstacles here and they're fun and like you're gonna want to do those (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it was amazing like you know obviously you're able to tune into your heart and get information from your heart which was powerful which was like letting go and letting go more and you really like to me embodied that and initially when you went out to do the obstacle course and like ember was kind of mimicking a little bit of that energy in your heart where she was a little bit like sticky and a little stuck and and like kind of off and on like she wasn't really flowing and your original intention was to flow and then when we checked back in and uh, went back out for the second time it got a little bit more information like it was just like this easy like playful like even flowing pace that she held with you the whole time and like she really wanted to connect with you and every time you gave examples of the ways that you let go and the ways that you are flowing like with Connor with your friends with Dutch your dog it was like she came right in she came right in every time you gave an example it was like yep there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. And to me, uh, witnessing it was like, yeah, you're already doing this, girl. Like, <laughs> like hell yeah. Keep it up. You mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, in that situation, that's like almost a celebratory session in my eyes more than it is like a wake up call. Yeah. 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 It felt. And we talked about this is and you even said in your first session doing that you walked in there was all these obstacle courts you wanted to do all the things you wanted to accomplish it and be amazing at it and I resonate with that as like a type a control freak who Mm -hmm. wants to be the best at everything and I walked in there and I just I just saw us playing I was like I just want to play with her I want to run around in the mud I want to get dirty I want to let her do her thing and she kept doing that she would like go to the corner and then I would just wait back and then she would come to me or I would kind of you know press her a little bit and she would come back in and we would play and then she'd go. And a big thing for me, what, and you kept asking, how does it feel for you? If anyone's listening and can hear dogs chewing things, that's what's happening. So just know we're not (laughs) doing anything weird over here. Um, but it was like, 
you kept asking, if you're not chosen, how does that feel in your Mm -hmm. body? And Mm -hmm. how does it feel right now when she leaves you? Mm -hmm. And for me, not feeling chosen or feeling abandoned, it brings that anxiety. I feel like I did something wrong or there's something wrong with me. And when she would walk away, I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was such a different feeling. It was like, oh, she's going to go and find her like safe, comfortable zone in the corner. And then when she's ready, she'll come back to me. But that's not a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. And you asked, is that because it's a horse or because you've worked through that? And I felt like it was a little of both. It was because everything for me right now comes back to Connor and my relationship with him because you know, we're in such close proximity 24 (laughs) seven, which is so fun. Um, but it's like, if he leaves and he goes and does his own thing, why do I have to make that about me? And why does that mean I did something wrong? Even if he left me, right. If he left me tomorrow, why am I bad and a failure? Why can't that be, that's what he needs. And this is what I need. And to let go of the expectation Mm -hmm. of what that experience can look like. Mm Absolutely. I mean, that and that's, I feel like, um, all of humanity, Mm. (laughs) you know, when you say that, I'm just like, wow, you know, this is the society we've created and we're taking part in. And it's a beautiful thing because we're walking each other home. We're all coming back home. We're all um, you know, you're doing the work, I'm doing the work, we're doing the work as a collective, all your listeners I'm sure are too, they're amazing, and we're all learning and growing to get closer back to our nature within, our horse within, we all have a horse within us, and that's why we use the body, because the body is that for us, mm. so like, that was so, to me, the word that came up when you were describing that, like, she can go, and then she can come back, was this, like, incredible amount of trust that you don't have to know anything that's coming or anything that happened in the past or the future or what could be because we all came in with a purpose and we all came in with a plan. Mm. And sometimes the plan really, really hurts. But if you ask, you know, you read the doll about the Dalai Lama or you ask probably any of the leaders or the mentors that you look up to, they would most likely say that the hardest times of their life were the ones where she, they learned and grew the most. Right. So how have you let go of that need to control an expectation in your life? Good question. Still working on that one. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you're so good at it. (laughs) I would say, um, I would really say that, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm like saying the same thing, but horses have really changed my life and the way that I look at things. You know, when I look at a horse, I go, wow, like they never show up ever. You never walk into a round pen with a horse and the horse is sitting there going like, oh, I'm really fat today or (laughs) "Mm, my hair looks really bad or like today they're all covered in dirt. They're not sitting there going like, oh, I don't really look that great. I'm kind of dirty. Like I should really, you know, change so that this person's going to accept me. Mm -hmm. They are this embodiment of truth and they're like, the most pure heart space in my opinion like that we can really sink into and they've taught me more and more about like who we are and who we can choose to be and like that I mean obviously the spiritual aspect helps too and the disc you know pushing away the control and not feeling like I need to create so much um but I would say that it's like it's a it's a it's a challenge 
all the time because there's always going to be like a, there's always going to be like a desire or like the way that we live. It's like, you always kind of like, we have responsibilities, <laughs> you know, we're not a horse that gets like fed three times a day, grain ridden, like gets to play and just kind of be in this parasympathetic, they call it nervous system, which is peace. You know, um, we have like a lot of expectation, so much dialogue around perfectionism, so much talk and living out of scarcity in our culture um that we in a way have to kind of plan in a way we don't have to so much control but we do have to show up with like I mean we do have to show up to pay bills we do have to show up to pay rent we do have to make stuff happen at work we do have to like you know we have these things that we need to do um but I would say that there is a way that we can do them you know, with intention, you know, and that comes back to the, the color and that come, I mean, color, and that comes back to the way that the horse is that there, everything can be done on an energetic level and an intentional level without the stress of the mind. Like the mind is the one that I feel like gets us into trouble and it's great. It can get us really successful too. Wonderful. But it also is the thing that creates the stories is the thing that creates the assumptions is the things that create the control and assesses like and judges everything around us to create a false sense of safety I liked what you asked me earlier when we were training about I don't remember exactly what you said but when we talked about I was saying how my girlfriends like held me like a baby and how I really let go what kind of experiences in that way have you had that taught you and sort of rewired you to believe that I can let go and still have joy or pleasure, whatever that feeling mm. was for you. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously in the way that, you know, with Equus coaching and like my business, I mean, the more I let go with a horse, the more I get the horse in connection with me. It, I cannot, and this is where people get into trouble. If you have a horse or you have trained horses or you work with horses or something, when you come in with that sense of control and you come in with that, I need this horse to do X, Y, Z, you automatically are holding in your body a certain amount of tension around that expectation. It just, it, it, it is there. No matter if you're in tune with it or not, your body is saying, I need this, this, this to happen, right? Like the eye contact, like we experience in the round pen, right? The eye contact gets like more intense. The body can kind of tense up. The shoulders come back. Like your body's doing these expressions and the horse responds to it. So a lot of times what I have seen is the more that I've come in, because I've come in and been like, oh man, I'm going to get this horse to jump this three, six fence like that, right? Or I'm going to come in and this horse is going to be like walk, trot, canter, and I don't even have to do anything. Like I come in with that and I've experienced this over and over again. And that horse typically either shuts down and does nothing and mirrors kind of the brace that's in my body or they go insane and they're like wild yippee ki and running around and totally disconnected. So they've, for me, shown me that the more open I am, the more I let go, the more I'm in listening, the more I'm just setting an intention, which is my way of like 
holding my half of it, the more they show up to go like, hey, what are we doing now? Okay, Mm. we're doing this. Okay, I feel you. And like there's this honoring system that happens. There's I've had experiences like that with my spiritual community also. Um, You know, I work like with my guides a lot or when I do readings, I do. I work with other people's guides. Um, And there's been obviously like a significant amount of therapy also. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta have a lot of therapy in here. I feel you. I mean, yeah. Intense (laughs) therapy, you know. What kind of therapy have you done? Um, I've done, um, a process, the thing, this thing called the process, the process works. It's down in Palo Alto. Uh, it's based off the Hoffman Institute. Um, they were partners and then they split. So now it's like this 13 week program. It's an intensive, um, to where you're there, you work with a therapist one-on-one one day a week. And then on the weekend, you're actually there for the whole weekend with a group. Wow. And so you do, it's psychotherapy, but you like reenact, you know, scenes from your childhood and, um, they process with you and, uh, kind of almost like re-experience what you wanted to happen. Um, if some, you know, if you did have like a, I mean, it could be anything they have, they give you so many, like so much homework and like writing so many scenes of Mm. childhood. Um, because ultimately we've all, every single one of us in the world has, has experienced trauma. Um, so I got to know myself pretty dang well in that scenario and uh yeah I mean I I competed snowboarding for a really long time and I had a lot of expectation on myself and um control around how I did things and what I wanted to accomplish and you know I wanted to go all the way go to the Olympics and over and over (laughs) the universe is like nope I mean, I got injured three times in a year. Mm. It was like, it was like, I call it the two by four method. You know, like if you're not in listening, like it takes a pretty big, like wake up call sometimes, you know, what did you feel like was the, the thing that you needed to hear at that time you weren't hearing that that was not my path. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since I was little, I've come in kind of in this, i I lived like to be in service and not in like a, it used to be in a self-sacrificing way of like, I'm going to give all my energy to you and I'm going to make sure you're okay. Right. Like we talked about today, I'm going to make sure like you're good, then I'm good. Now it's like, I really just want to be operating in alignment with my creator, whatever that is for whoever, it could be a tree, it could be whatever it is, um, with my guides, with my body, and then just be holding <laughs> my intention of the vibration of who I am. Mm-hmm. And then letting that, literally letting that manifest. Mm. It sounds like so simple, but it really is that simple. Yeah. Like you talked about today, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, when I'm operating there, it's insane. Like everyone's showing up, right? It's yeah. crazy. Like for me, even like I just um, launched a coaching program where I'm going to be offering like zoom coaching, right. And on the phone and, uh, using same, same life coaching tools, but without the horse Mm. using kind of like more of a spiritual aspect. And like, literally I thought of it and put it out there in meditation. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And like the next day it's like, two people emailed me like, do you offer this? No way. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) like we're all extremely powerful creators. And I love, 
you know, what I believe is like, if you're embodying it, like you talked about today, Kelly, like if you're embodying it, you're attracting it. Mm -hmm. Everything around you is going to reflect it. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And the horse does that. If you're embodying flow and ease, like you were today, you got flow and ease. You know, you had a horse that was very connected and responding to everything you asked. And if you weren't, it wouldn't. Exactly. I mean, wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. So you did the you did that work in Palo Alto. What else have you done? Um, I've been practicing intuitive medicine for eight years now. Um, Which means what? Because I've never yeah. heard of that until yeah. you. So uh, there's a couple of schools in the Bay Area. I mean, probably like a lot of people haven't heard of it because it's kind of like wild. But um, <laughs> you're basically getting taught kind of like basic energetic tools and then it goes up from there so you're learning about grounding uh the importance of being present in your body you're learning about um how to do that you're learning about how to cut energetic cords Mm. from people from everything from your phone girlfriend Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everything cords you everything is a cord um you learn about vibration you learn about protection um you learn i mean everything and above like how to set intention how to create what you really want how to connect with the universe the quantum wow. how to give a reading how to give a healing i mean you look at everything like from all of those basic tools to you know what really comes up when you go to christmas dinner like what's going to come up for you mm-hmm. you look ahead of time you mm-hmm. clear this current life and past life timelines of traumas that have happened um, you look at really big things like when you're going to die and when people you love are going to die. I mean, we can, we have the ability to do incredible. I mean, if we're in spirit and we're operating from that place, we know everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not in like a cocky, weird condescending way. We, if we trust, we have the power to know anything we want to know. Mm. We can ask. We all, everyone has guides. Everyone has a crew of spirits that are here to help you. What does your, your um, spirit squad look or sound or feel like <laughs> for you? It's a good question. Everyone feels it differently. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, like I have a lot of friends that are at the school with me and uh, some people see them really clear. Some people feel them, like you said. Some people like just can like hear tones or like there's just a knowingness. To me, they change when you level up or you've kind of like outgrew. You'll kind of get a new crew. But I work pretty closely with three of my spirit guides. And to me, they look like they're a lot of them are different color. But I have one that looks like the shape of a woman, but I don't see a face or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And she holds like this. And to me, I'm like, ooh, it's like a little scary because it's like something I'm growing into. But she holds like a, it's like this grace. It's like this, this peace and this grace that's just like a compassionate witness to everything. Mm. Um, And that's someone that, that's a guide. Like guides can be specific or they can be uh, general. To me, she's like this general helper to tune into the feminine more for me because I can kind of go into the masculine a little bit too much (laughs) (laughs) so she's teaching me a lot and um you know how to just be in allowance and be okay and like self-care and Mm -hmm. 
yeah so they can they change and they all feel really different um do you hear them talking to you to me I can hear like a lot comes in in dream time so in dream time I get a lot of downloads and information a lot of times I have dreams that actually come true like all the time wow and you know you know like uh people have this all the time you know that when people say like oh I had deja vu you that's like to me when I hear that I'm like well you just created that moment right and you're just living it now Mm -hmm. like how brilliant are you Mm. you're actually and you're giving the credit to deja vu Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) like this is you you Mm -hmm. created this scenario where you're listening to this music you're with this person you're having this interaction you did this Mm. um so that 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 to me it speaks wonder i mean that's like the easiest definition and kind of clue into people that are maybe not as familiar to spirituality to kind of see that like even if you're not in a practice even if you're not at a school, you're still doing this work, even if it's unconscious. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I feel it. Um, and it's come so much easier to me now over the last month or so because of this idea of allowing mm-hmm. and having less structure around it. Mm-hmm. So before I would like have to like set the mood <laughs> and get my journal out and light the sage and play the music and meditate for an hour. And I had this whole routine and I would channel like crazy it would be so intense I wouldn't be here and Connor and I actually got into it because he's like yo homie you're never (laughs) on earth so can we alter this a little bit yeah and so now I was telling Heike yesterday it is it is about embodiment for me it is in life in my every day where I am now channeling I don't have to try I don't have to force it I don't have to make it look a certain way Mm -hmm. I can be in my life be present in my body and hear and connect and it's always in my right ear and they always like my guides I have three too and they turn my head until I like hear them until I hear everything (laughs) and I can't turn my head back and Mm -hmm. it happened on the table for me yesterday and I told them after I was like you guys I could not turn my head back because all of my guides were there and they were like, you need to hear this. Like you need to hear it. You need to feel it. This is what we have for you. And it was so beautiful, but it's, I think so often in spirituality, we want to make it look a certain way. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you do for your daily practice? Yes. And that's fine. And I think that's an amazing introduction, but I think getting to the point where you're able to just live and be and have that connection and be with spirit at all times of the day, Mm -hmm. that's where the like juicy goodness comes Mm -hmm. in. Oh my gosh. Totally. I think it's awesome that you said you're right, your right side of your right ear, because I always hear like ringing in my right ear Mm. when it's like, whoa, need your attention. Like click, 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 like ground and get back in touch with us. Like, hello. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I totally agree. I mean, it could be, it's weird because there's a lot of like spiritual, um, like programming almost or spiritual bypass of like, it needs to look this way. Otherwise it's not when people have awakenings at the top of a mountain, Mm -hmm. huge awakenings. I mean, there's like written articles on it, like having a full on like new recreation from just like looking at a view. And like, to me, when I hear that, it's like, maybe not so much about the view, but it's about that allowance of like, holy F, 
you know, like actually taking that in, actually feeling that and literally like rewiring to match that vibrationally. Mm. Like that's what I, that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. So it like doesn't have to look anyway. And that's been a practice for me because I was like very similar like you, like I got to meditate like five hours a day and then I'm going to be really clear. And it's like what I learn now more and more and more is like, man, I'm, I don't really need to try. Mm-hmm. They're just there. And I have that relationship. Yeah. It's funny when you say that I was thinking about being with the horses again today. She's going mom mode on the dogs right now. <laughs> and um, I love how she kind of like waddles. Like she has a really weird walk. It's so cute. She's an old lady. Yeah, she's so sweet. She's demanding uh, a greenie right now. Oh, mid-podcast. Yeah, oh, I like it. Because she uh, knows what she wants. Oh, well, yeah. I like yeah, stand up for yourself, girl. <laughs> Ask for what you want. You are empowered. Um, It's like this idea that things have to look a certain way. And I was thinking that um and again for people listening I'm not ready to talk about this yet publicly (laughs) so bear with me as I be a little vague but this idea of having experiences and as soon as something unknown comes into play we want to create boundaries and Mm -hmm. barriers and control Mm -hmm. and it has to look a certain way and I need to have this final experience or feeling otherwise it didn't work and now I'm like oh my god everything's in chaos Mm -hmm. and today I learned that it can have all these options. So you can have seven obstacle courses and you could do all of them. You could do one of them. You could do anything in between. And there's no, no outcome or feeling that I'm attached to. It's just about being in this arena and playing with all the options. And that's good. And that feels nice. I was like, Oh my God. And you even said like, is there anything else you could do that would help you feel like more ease or more flow? And I said, no, like Mm -hmm. all I want to do is run around in the mud and get dirty and like play with this horse. And I got everything I wanted. (laughs) I felt so fulfilled. And I was like, Oh, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. And when you're able to like, right. When you're able to like go of how it needed to look, you're able to enjoy all the moments that yeah. were in between and all the sensations that came with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Even when she stood in the corner like 10 times <laughs> and I was just in the middle of the thing by myself, just like patiently waiting. I'm like, Oh, this is okay. And this is kind of fun too. Like yeah. it's an unknown. I don't know what she's going to do next. She doesn't know what I'm going to do next. Although she probably does. <laughs> and that's fun <laughs> for sure. It is. It's a way more fun than like, I'm going to, think it needs to be this way and then hold it to that and like it has to be like that otherwise I'm not gonna be happy you know mm-hmm. it's like that yeah, it was amazing it's like and you just had the biggest smile on your face <laughs> I just kept looking at Kelly and she's just ear to ear I'm like I know this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> you're like I do this all day every day it's so fun like sometimes I'm not even I don't even have a client out there and I'm like I'm bringing a horse out there I mean like literally every time I have a horse in around round pen arena on the ground they teach me something new mm. and so like if i yeah if i have 20 minutes for sure i'm putting a horse out there mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just gonna learn i know you do herding with couples which mm-hmm. connor and i haven't done yet which i'm very excited to do someday because i'm sure that'll be a nice challenge for us but <laughs> yeah. what do you see when you get couples together in that in mm-hmm. that space it really depends it really depends on the couple um you know, the herding exercise is probably one of the most challenging exercises, I would say, only because I we are not able to be verbal. So obviously we're verbal species. We use language for everything. I mean, more language than not. So 
um, when you take that out, it can really quickly uh, stump people. Mm. And a lot of times you see really fast like, oh, okay, who kind of dominates here in the relationship? Who kind of steps back? Who kind of like lets their needs kind of just like brush off and they don't actually communicate what they need? Um, you know, who's really projecting and putting a ton of expectation on the other partner. Um, you just see it really, really, really easy. Who gets really frustrated because they can't get the obstacle, mm. you know, who gets, people get angry, people get mad. I mean, uh, all sorts of emotions come up and it's this perfect like play into the dynamic that's playing out so clearly in the relationship, whether they're aware of it or not. Sometimes people don't really enjoy, uh, hurting because it it's it's a vulnerable place to like expose the, your relationship and how you interact with one another and mm-hmm. um you know kind of like the pattern that's playing out and the horse mirrors that obviously beautifully um like I just had a couple the other day and and, and uh, the man was so sweet and just you know wanted to just be in peace and rest and he just wanted eye contact from his partner like because I asked the couple like mm. you know what's your intention and what do you need from your partner and can you and then I asked the partner can you deliver that you know and then the wife is like I need this 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 and this from this you know from this from her husband so really quickly it comes out to like oh you're really looking for like your partner mm. to really create the environment you want you're not maybe so in tune with the fact that you have so much influence on that. Mm. So it just depends. I mean, that being said, like I've had couples come out and they like rock it and they, they, I mean, there's no right or wrong, obviously. It's just, it's just exploration, but I've had couples come out and they're doing like every obstacle non-verbally like and celebrating when they get it like like dancing around and you're like (laughs) hell yeah you guys like I'm clapping because I think it's amazing you know it's just like it's so playful Mm -hmm. and like everything to a horse's play everything to horses they're so curious Mm -hmm. like everything's play to them so they love it like it's just this fun um, synchronicity that happens and everyone syncs up and it's just it can be so easy or it can be really confronting which is great too I think, well, yeah, one of the hardest things about doing this work and doing any sort of self-reflection or looking internally is it's really hard and it can be really scary to be that radically honest with yourself and say, I don't like this about myself or I want more or I went through this really hard thing and I I have to either relive it or come to terms Mm -hmm. with it so that I can move forward. I'm sure that you encounter this with the horses, with people, it's like the horses mirror something that they don't want to see. Yeah. What is that experience like for you to, to navigate? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a challenge, you know, um, especially cause like I'm doing the work and I have plenty of work to do and it never ends. So yeah. I have my own stuff that comes up around that, you know, and, uh, people a lot of times don't really want to hear it, but almost more than not they come back and go oh my gosh thank you so much that changed my life or thank you so much I had no idea I did that and the horse showed me that so perfectly there's an an acceptance that comes with the horse because the horse is such a non-judgmental being and such a grounded peaceful loving being that a lot of times when I bring stuff up or point stuff out that of the dynamic that's happening in relationship most of the time people really receive it 
And then when I actually like coach them through a specific issue or story and they experience the opposite of it with the horse, then they really get excited about it. And I think like the most important thing to that is like, I don't make it such a big deal or like a big thing. And we are so hard on ourselves as a society that we make everything so big and so hard and like, you know, punish ourselves (laughs) because we've done something or we've experienced something and we're not offering the compassion, compassionate place for ourselves to, to like really rest in. And so, you know, when I do like bring something up and especially if it's unconscious, they're not even aware of it. It's like, okay, well, I know this is this big thing. And like, you know, you're looking at it like it is affecting every part of your life. And I totally get that. But like, what is the smallest step that we could take together? Like, what is the tiniest little turtle step that you could just commit to leaving this route pen? You know, like if it's something like you get really, really angry in reaction when people tell you no. I don't mean, I don't know if that's just something that just came to mind, but say you do, you're like, hate when someone tells you no. Okay. What's the smallest thing you could do? Like if someone tells you no, can you take five minutes and go do some of the breath work that we practice? Or like, do you need to take a walk or can you be vulnerable? I mean, that would be a bigger step, but could you be vulnerable to say like, man, I really have a hard time when you say no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or do you need to go like, for me, I use the senses a lot to ground back into the body. So you know, do you need to go outside and just, what do you hear? What do you smell? What do you see? What do you feel? What are you tasting right now? Like it's a really amazing tool to ground you back into present moment, especially if something's happening on the exterior that you are having a reaction to. So that's like a basic example, but you can use that as a tool. If you have somebody coming at you, which sometimes we do, sometimes we do. <laughs> or uh, something's like really hard to be at, say like, christmas dinner since it just happened practice like what do you taste right now how Mm -hmm. how many tastes can you feel like how how many things can you hear can you hear the traffic on the freeway right now like we're pretty amazing and we can expand our space so big that we can feel into anything so Mm. it's a great way to disconnect from what's actually happening that you're having reaction to i remember when i first met you and we talked about working with the horses and I had no idea that you were going to be so spiritual Mm -hmm. and you said that not everyone does it like this. Yeah. How have you infused that spirituality into this practice with the horses? Is it equus therapy or equine therapy or is it both? It's equus coaching Coaching. is the term. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So equus coaching. So you've (laughs) merged like this, this idea of equus coaching, mm-hmm. which I'm sure there's lots of people that do it, but don't have that spiritual aspect. And then yeah. you brought this into it and you've created this new way of working with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to think I'm like a unique, unique little, uh, pot of, of my own work. Mm-hmm. Like we all are right. It's like go to school to be a doctor, but like, you're going to offer something unique because of your life experience. Mm-hmm. Like I like to think of it like that. I mean, to me, when the horse is so spiritual, I'm like, I I don't, I couldn't, and I tried because I went through the whole program and got certified, try to do it by the books, you know, try to just use the tool and get the tool done and then like move on, you know, mm-hmm. but what I find is when the spiritual component like is not involved, it feels almost like a little more rough around the edges, like it just feels like okay, you're trying to get me to like point A to point B and there's like a list of how to do that. 
Whereas if you're like tuned into the spiritual component of like the information that's coming in, the senses that you're feeling, you know, oftentimes I have people say like, oh my God, like I was just thinking that and you just said that or like, I don't know what you're doing in the round pen, but when I come into the round pen, I feel like everything, like I can't even think about what I did before. Like I feel like I'm transported, Mm. you know, and a lot of that is the horse because the horse holds that space. But it is the spiritual component also. And I think it's super important because when we can tune into the fact that we are so much more than a body, we can kind of start to create the space between the reaction of like humanness and the nature of our being, which is the horse, right? Which is the horse in us, which is the spiritual component. Like we obviously experience what we experienced. And I totally respect for everyone that experienced what they experienced, like I'm not trying to say no one did, but if you come into spirit and you come into the knowingness that you are, you can kind of step a little bit out of the stories, a little bit out of the mind, and a little bit out of the, like a lot of times we can create a victim story around our life, can kind of create a lot of space there. So that's why I do it. And I think it's a really great way to tune us into our bodies also is the spiritual component of it. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, you followed Byron Katie's work with the work, right? And that is sort of how you lead your questioning Mm -hmm. um, and diving deeper. What is it about the way um, she teaches that or kind of creates that modality that resonated with you so much? Yeah. I have, uh, her, I have one of her books on my nightstand oh, cool. after we met because I had never even heard of her. And I was like, oh, my God, well, if Sid's doing this, I'm like, <laughs> I must learn more. Yeah, her book, Loving What Is, is really awesome, too, like mm. on the audio audible. But, um, well, it was one of the tools that we were. So I'm certified as a life coach with the Equus Coaching with the program that I graduated from. Um, and so that was one of the tools we were taught. We were taught like a handful of tools, like mm-hmm. the body compass is one. Uh, the dream analysis tool, which is like what I had you do today when you actually became mm-hmm. the tightness in your body. Um, it can be used other ways too, but we had it actually you becoming the sensation and the part of your body. Um, we use metaphor tools. Like, so oftentimes the horse will be the metaphor. Um, if you're with the horse, if I'm on a coaching call, it'll be more abstract. It'll be more um, kind of visionary. Like, what do you see? Mm. Kind of more intuitive work. Um, But the Byron Katie work like is a much more masculine tool. And to me, it's really confronting and it really challenges your thoughts. So we're really good at like going to the mind gym and just like operating out of the same story. Right. Like, oh, yeah, there you go. You left again. Like like when I like (laughs) abandonment is like my middle name. I experienced Mm -hmm. that my whole life. And it's like, yeah, if I keep believing people are going to leave, I'm eventually going to I'm going to leave or I'm going to push them to leave just Mm -hmm. to prove that story. Right. So like. The Byron Katie work to me, and she does it like she's pretty confronting when she does it, but um, it's so powerful because it's like, okay, yeah, okay, you believe this one thing, right? Like, if I get left, I'm no good, right? And if you challenge it enough, like, you're that's the brain, that's like the neural pathway you're exercising, right? So you're like, oh my God, I'm going to do everything I can so that people don't leave and then I won't feel that way and I'm always going to feel like love and belonging because no one's going to leave me if I control this. So you're building that neural pathway and you're grooving that deeper and deeper and that's the way you're choosing to protect yourself and survive, which is great when you're little. It helps you when you're little. 
but as you grow older, it doesn't serve you. And so the Byron Katie work will challenge that and have you touch into the body, have you touch into how you treat yourself, how you treat others, so that you can really like start to know more about how you're reacting to that thought and also what's happening in your body because the body will give you a signal way before the mind can even conceptualize it or like understand it. So when they have you do that, it's like this perfect little like alarming system that's available that if you like say, you know, the tightness in the chest is what happens in your body, you start to feel that tightness in the chest. That's the alarm system going off. And that's the choice point Mm. of going like, okay, I may go into the same story that I've operated in my whole life or maybe the past two years or whatever it is. Now I can choose to either go there or I can choose to challenge my thought and flip it. So she flips it and has you go the opposite or has you turn it around to another or has you turn it around to yourself. And when you do that, it's like really powerful because you start to realize like, wow, like I actually do. (laughs) Like people don't leave me and like I am good enough or people may leave and I still feel really good enough. Like I don't have control there. And when you start to challenge your thought process, it almost like deflates the balloon in a way, right? And then you start to notice like, oh, well, this is what I feel when I have those experiences and this is how I treat myself and this is what happens with others. So I know I can go there. There's almost like a sense of relief because the story can be so daunting. Like I know I can go there and I know I actually do experience those beautiful things, you know? And that's why I like had you challenge you today and go like, I'm going to stretch you further and further to keep giving me examples of the ways that like you really do feel free and allowing and places where you let go because the more you start to like write those down and put your energy towards those the more you're going to start creating those or choosing to notice when you are in those yeah and I think I just talked about this on the show last week it's this idea that we're almost operating like robots in a lot of ways because of the societal programming. And so we act a certain way we react. We do these things, we say things, we believe things and we don't even think about it. And we never ask why it just, this is how we are. Yeah. And all of a sudden you start asking yourself why, and this is what I encouraged the listeners to do is just take, take or keep track of what you do during the day And start asking yourself why you do certain things. Some things are totally going to resonate. And that's like, yeah, that makes me feel good. I love that. That's in alignment. Other things, you're going to look at it. Maybe it's a response to your boyfriend when he does something that's really annoying. And you can say, why do I do that? Mm. And how does that affect me? How does it affect the relationship? And does it serve me? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, what makes sense for me in this space? And if I'm uncomfortable asking why and like doing that work backwards. And I don't know what that is, but that's just in my head, what I've done for the last year and a half of like, why do I feel this way? Why do I do this? Why am I causing chaos? Why am I self-sabotaging? Why am I choosing to get in a fight right now? And it, when you do that and it's like this tracking, you're Mm -hmm. able to really get to the root of who you are. Yep. And then you can rework some of that and repattern it and not have to just act like a robot who just acts the way you were taught rather than really choosing and embodying and intentionally living the way you're meant to live. So awesome. Yeah. And you're in creation. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is the key to that. Like when I hear you say that, asking why, asking why you're being curious and curiosity is like 
always going to be like that birthplace of like freedom in a way. Mm. Like you, like no two people are wired the same period. So you're in any relationship, which you're in relationship to something, regardless if it's a human, you're in relationship to a pair of pants or whatever it is. Like there is so much like there has to be curiosity. There just like has to be in order to be free. I liked what we were talking about earlier and I wanted to ask you a little bit more about it because it seemed to really resonate with you. I said that over the last few months, I've basically just started doing everything that I judged and holy fucking shit. That's very (laughs) scary. (laughs) But what I have seen is that I really like to do 99% of the things that I judge and they feel good and they're fun and they're freeing. And I feel like, Oh my God, I can fly and I can finally be myself. And yeah, I was talking about the nose ring being one of those things and having tattoos. And I, I keep looking at myself like, Oh my God, you're becoming everything you judged. Yeah. How have you done some of that in your life? Mm-hmm. And what has that opened for you? Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing ever. And uh, that is so awesome. <laughs> you know, I even just like what I, and I'll answer your question for sure. But what I think about even too is like when you find yourself judging somebody, typically it's like maybe something you want to do, like you said, or it's something, a quality that you like have that, you're criticizing in somebody else because maybe it's like suppressed or maybe it's a quality that you like have hurt around like in your life or you've experienced hurt around it. Mm. So I think that's so cool. I mean, for me, I was kind of like the opposite where it was like, I wouldn't judge it and not do it. I would like judge it and, or people would judge me and that I'd want to do it more. Mm. The <laughs> rebel and Sid, I like that. I was pretty uh, rebellious. Yeah. It was like, you know, I mean, I grew up being like, yeah, if you get a tattoo, like, you know, you get tattoos and you drive a motorcycle, like you're going nowhere. Like you're going to wash up. You'll be nothing. You know, you'll be homeless. Like my dad told me when I was going to Africa that, I mean, love you dad, if you're listening, but he told me like, oh, you're going to go to Africa for a year out of high school. Like you're never going to make it. You're not even going to be able to have a job. And I'm thinking like, F you, I'm going, you know, <laughs> like I was just such a rebel. And of course I'm covered in tattoos now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I would just like challenge it. And part of me, part of me like believes that, you know, like it makes me think of that movie, uh, yes, man. Oh yes. When he just says yes to everything and like how much the flow of the universe comes into play when he does, because he's operating in a place of creation. When you tell me that, like, I just challenged everything I judged and I tried it. That's what I think of, Mm. of like, you're really just saying yes to the block that you've put around everything that's available around you. Like you're breaking down these walls and then like honestly creating this beautiful relationship with yourself of like, I really like this or I really don't like this or like that felt amazing or that felt a little weird or you're having this like beautiful dialogue with yourself in those interactions or in those experiences that I think is like really, really, um, beautiful and something to like definitely cultivate more and more of because like ultimately everything's reflecting our relationship with ourselves yeah I mean it's even as we were talking before we started recording and I was looking at you and I just thought oh my god I would have thought she was so trashy (laughs) 
and you know hippie or whatever a couple years ago yeah and the second I met you last year I was like oh my god I'm in love with her like she's yeah. so beautiful she's so cool she works with horses she's so smart she's so intuitive I was like I need to be around her like I literally was just like so in love with every part oh, of you and I told you. Connor that I'm like she is so special I just want to be in her energy thank you and to to feel that way now and to know that I felt that way just a few years ago it's like but I would have missed out on knowing someone so amazing who then brings out parts of me that I have yet to meet mm. and to get to know. And mm-hmm. you are such a catalyst for my growth and my healing. I respect the shit out of you. Mm. And it's like we keep ourselves from experiences and relationships because of fear and judgment when really that can be the gateway to everything. That's the fucking keys to the castle. For sure. <sighs> oh, my gosh. D- like nailed it. Totally dead on. And we like often like only associate with people, like you said, like kind of in that box where like we're like we're only going to be around this type of person because I'm that type of person. And then if I'm around those type of people, then I'm going to feel safe and we're going to have something to relate Mm -hmm. over and we're going to have a commonality when really like the curiosity of getting to know people that are doing things that are different and that are different is like so cool Mm -hmm. and it's so fun and it's so expansive and everyone everyone like has something to teach you has something to show you I mean I always like love using the kids as an example because kids are so intuitive um and they offer so much wisdom and for some reason we teach we treat them like they're like they don't even exist sometimes and you're just like there's like this universe that is within each child and it's just amazing, you know, like they're just, and then they start to, you know, you start to learn language and programming happens. But I think that's the coolest thing ever. What you said is like all the, all most of the time, the things that have blocked us are the things that are quote unquote trying to protect us are the things that are like holding ourselves back from actually being our true potential and actually creating and receiving what it is we really want. Mm. You know, like you hear all the time, like, I really want my soulmate. Like, I really want a soulmate. I really want a soulmate. I really want a twin flame. And to me, when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, like everyone has someone. But the way that we've like, <laughs> like categorized that and defined that is very limiting. Like we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. And like ultimately the soulmate is like with yourself and with creator, with the universe, with the quantum field, like that is the soul, to s- that's the soul connection that like to me when I hear soulmate you're referring to. And then you give the freedom to everyone around you to do their thing, be whoever they are, t- you know, have whatever they want. Like there's no weird expectation. Where is healing for you? Mm. Where is healing for me? The ocean is healing. Like where specifically the ocean is healing for me. Animals are healing for me. I really believe any moment can be healing. Really. It's like a state. Um, It's like a receiving. Obviously you have to be able to receive to heal. (laughs) So if you have a hard time receiving, which I have my whole life, it's time to, uh, do a little some turtle step in there 
<laughs> to okay. uh, receive a little more and more, whether that's like accepting a glass of water or you accepted a tea tonight from me. Yes. So go girl. That's right. <laughs> I will it. accept anything you give me. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be like, Sid said so. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. <laughs> um, if people want to work with horses, um, and I know that this is good for so many things, um, and mm. you can speak to this more, but things like PTSD and I know, um, kids with autism, it's really yes. beneficial. Who can this benefit and what kind of questions or things should it, they look out for if they're trying to get into a program like this? Yeah, really, uh, awesome. This work is so profound. I mean, more and more we're discovering the power and the impact of horses, uh, with veterans. I've worked with some veterans and with kids also at therapeutic riding centers. I think the biggest question to kind of look out for and ask yourself if this is something like, and obviously you don't have to have like anything you don't have to you could be just open and come to a session you don't have to have any sort of big issue to do equus coaching or equus work um but i think some of the questions is to really ask i mean to me ask yourself if if you're really ready to like know yourself and know your body and take ownership honestly for like the journey of of the play that is life, like, uh, like take ownership of the influence and the creation that you are and like the, the co-creation that's happening with everything around you. So like, I mean, obviously you could do this work too. Like sometimes people come cause they just want more play in their life. They've kind of lost that childhood innocence, right. And that childhood curiosity and they just want to experience that again. And like horses, like I said, everything is play for them. So they do offer that space of like, if you're bringing that, they will meet you and they are very curious, you know, like you're saying Connor got bit. I'm like, yeah, yep. probably cause he's, I remember like Paco, like <laughs> going up and down his pants and like checking out his like pockets and checking his shirt out. And like, you know, they're just so, they're like little kids with toys. They're just so curious. Um, so I think that if you're curious of knowing in like a gentle, kind, but confronting way, kind of more about, yourself your pattern and relationships and what it is you're creating I would say this work is really really profound and to me I, I mean whenever people call me and I always typically interview people but I did not interview you <laughs> <laughs> it's like are you ready to commit to that yeah because you know anyone can be in a round pen with a horse and you know like feed him a treat and pet him <laughs> but are you really to like ready to let go and be open to learning from a animal from the universe from you know from energy are you able to see how you influence it I think it's a humbling it's, experience it is it's serious work I yeah. mean it's really confronting people will say that it is more powerful if not as powerful as like years of therapy because there's such a reflection viscerally happening in the in the round pen that you can feel and it's it can be so profound and overwhelming at the same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> so beautiful I know for me the first time I ever had a session I just cried for three hours oh <laughs> um yeah because it was like the first time I felt my heart mm. and I was like just just laid me out I was like whoa there it is like Look at the capacity we could love and then look at a horse. Like, that's it. They're, they're amazing. 
and they're able to communicate boundaries with that. Love is not without boundaries. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you're you. You're incredible. Likewise. I'm so grateful for you. And I love that you're doing this work. Thank it's you for so being special. open with me and yeah. courageous to step in there. Hard work. So yeah. thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.